0: Before, maybe for some of you it's the first time you're hearing it, but it speaks of the mercy and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It says, But Jesus went down to the Mount of Olives, and at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who was caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group, and they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down, and he started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up, and he said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and he asked her, Women, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Will you pray with me? Most gracious God, we thank you for your word and for the way it guides us and leads us and fills us with your truth. May you open up our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our hearts to understand and our lives to live the way you call us to live. May all that we do, Lord, glorify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's a chilly October morning, and you're standing in the narrow alleyway in the ancient walled city of Jerusalem. Actually, morning is probably too generous of a term. You see, the, the sleepy sun is just now beginning to creep up over the distant horizon. Dried leaves scrape along the stoned walkway as the breeze seems to cut right through you. You smell some bread that's baking a few doors down as you gaze into the doorway of a small shop that you run with your two brothers. Business is good, especially these days. Business is picking up during the time when Jews from all across Palestine converge on Jerusalem for the annual Feast of the Tabernacles. You see, during this time, the population of Jerusalem nearly doubles. And while that means good business for you and your family, it also means longer hours. This seems all too familiar to you. You're here every day from sunup to sundown, day in and day out. Every day, that is, except for the Sabbath. You hear the sounds of some people approaching, some footsteps on the cobblestone alleyway, and you see the shadows dancing along the cobblestone walls, and you know someone is approaching. You you, you lean into the alleyway, and you instantly recognize the face of one of your cousins. He greets you with a a casual Jewish salutation, and you can sense some excitement in his voice. We're going to see Jesus, he exclaims. We're going to go see Jesus. Jesus it's a common Jewish name but these days when anyone speaks the name Jesus you know that they're speaking of someone different these days people knew that, that that Jesus was something and someone out of the ordinary perhaps maybe he's the next great prophet perhaps maybe he's even the one that they speak of as the messiah He was from Galilee, and he made a name for himself with his teaching and with his preaching and with his miracles. Your cousin said, he's going to be at the temple courts. Would you like to join us? You have a busy day lined up at the shop, but there's something about that invitation that just entices you. You step back into the shop, and you yell to your brothers, I'm going to go see Jesus. I'll be back. As you approach the temple courts, the, the, the big courtyard around the temple, you see a crowd beginning to gather and you press towards the center of the group and, and there he is, you see him, this man they call Jesus He's standing and he's reciting scripture. He excitingly gestures with his arms and fingers and hands to make his point. You you can't yet hear what he's saying. You're still too far away. But you can see that he teaches with one, with great authority. You press closer to the man in front of you, trying to get a closer glimpse of Jesus, trying to hang on every word. And as he reads the scripture, he begins to preach. He, He kneels down. You can't quite make out what he's saying, but you suddenly hear a a commotion coming in from the crowd. You you, you turn around and you see a a mob coming towards you. You recognize a, a local rabbi and you can see that he's whispering into the ear of a Pharisee who's one of the political and religious leaders of your city. You turn towards Jesus and now he's standing You see this crowd dragging in this woman. She's being dragged along the ground. And you recognize the rabbi and see that they're causing a commotion with this woman. One of the Pharisees, one of these religious teachers, he he steps forward towards Jesus and he says, teacher, right off the bat, you catch the irony. They don't believe that Jesus is a teacher don't like what he has to say you can sense the sarcasm in his voice the pharisees have been complaining wildly and publicly about jesus and his his ways they they didn't respect jesus as teacher and yet here they are claiming him to be teacher teacher they said this woman was caught in the act of adultery and the law according to moses were to stone such a woman but but what do you say jesus you looked at this woman who was being dragged in by these two men, one on each side. They created an opening into the crowd and and forcibly just pushed her into this group, pulling her towards Jesus. And then uh, the burly men just kind of pulled up their arms and the woman flopped to the ground. She looked up, tears streaming down her face, creating a pool of blood and Dirt on one side of her cheek. You don't consider yourself an expert on the law. To the contrary, you're just a young shopkeeper with your brothers and your father. And as a child, you, you wanted to be a rabbi. All good, devout Jewish boys wanted to be a rabbi. But, but, but somewhere along the way, most were dismissed as not being good enough or, or not having what it takes. And so you went back to the family business with Your father. You note that while the woman is being dragged into the crowd, nowhere are the men to be seen. If she was committing adultery, nowhere was anyone else around her. What what, what happened to them? You ponder the question that was asked of Jesus. You you, you sense that the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus, for no matter what he answers, he's going to be in trouble with someone. They're backing him into the proverbial corner. After all, if Jesus says to go ahead and and stone the woman, he would be going against the Roman law, for the Romans were the only ones who could carry out capital punishment. Also, if he urged the crowd to to stone the woman, he'd be going against the the, the message of forgiveness and mercy that he was becoming known for. Either way, the Romans are going to be upset with Jesus. If Jesus tells the crowd to let her go, he would be going against the the, the Jewish law of Moses and the rule that had been over the people for a thousand years. Surely no self-respecting Jew could turn against his own people. You look at this woman. She was scantily clad as if she was throwing something on at the the last minute to cover herself. And and the thought of her actions made your stomach cringe. How could anyone do what she had been accused of doing? And many in the crowd started to, to shout profanities at her. Some were even spitting at this woman as she was being dragged in and dropped to the ground. As she tried to stand up, the jeers of the crowd were simply too much, and her dry tears gave way to fresh ones. Blood started to stain her dress. Several of the men who had gathered to hear Jesus now found themselves overcome with anger. And many even bent over to to pick up stones waiting for the signal from one who would give them the right to start to stone this woman. The situation was quickly getting out of hand. You found yourself even stooping down to pick up a small stone. Pharisees, seemingly forgetting about the woman who they had dragged in, stepped towards Jesus, anxiously awaiting his answer. For no matter how he answered, he would be in trouble with them. Their, their smug demeanor indicates that they had trapped him. There's no way he could get himself out of this corner in which they had dragged him. All eyes were upon this man from Galilee. The, the, the people were, were shouting with bated breath, but Jesus remained silent. As people were awaiting what he had to say, he crouched down and with his index finger, he started to write on the ground. People were trying to inch in further, trying to see exactly what he was writing. Rumors started to spread like wildfire throughout the congregation who had gathered. Some say that he was writing down the 10 Commandments. Others even swear that they saw him writing the names of some of the men that this woman had been, woman had been with, a, a list that included many of her accusers. Now, it was a, a common practice during heated debate and teaching for someone to write on the ground, to write in the dirt. It, it indicated that you weren't quite prepared for an answer, not that you didn't have one, but, but you were just waiting for the most opportune time in which to share it. hear what he had to say, and now Jesus was refusing to say anything. But then Jesus stood back up. He looked at the woman, and you could even see a wry smile across his face. She she wasn't sure what to make of Jesus and what he was about to say to her. He took one step towards the mob's spokesman. And softly, but with authority, he said, let those of you without sin cast the first stone. And with that said, Jesus stooped back down and started to again right in the dirt. And then for what seemed like an eternity, no one said a word. It was the sound of silence. Hear it. The sound of one man dropping his stone to the ground, hitting the packed dirt below, and then another, and then another. You notice that many of the men who dropped their stones first were men who were older. They were more established, more reputable in the community, and yet they couldn't bring themselves to condemn this woman and what she had done. And after standing for what seemed like an eternity, you felt the words of Jesus piercing your own heart. You dropped your stone turned around and headed back to your shop in the ancient walled city of lower Jerusalem. You were looking down at the collection of stones that had gathered as people were dropping and turning and walking and returning back home. You looked up and you noticed that the woman was no longer crying. Dried mud had caked her face and the blood was beginning to dry and she seemed perplexed by what had just happened. She simply looked at Jesus. As you pass by, she turned her head slightly and for just a brief moment, you caught her eye. You then turn around and you see Jesus approaching this woman. Where are the people who condemn you? He asked. Where are they? Has no one condemned you? She looked around and she saw the crowd disperse and she said, no one, sir. Jesus looked at her and he said, neither do I. Go now and leave your life of sin behind. As you return to your shop that cold October morning, you reflect and you gaze upon your own life, the, the, the ways in which you have wandered away from God. You, you look at the Pharisees and the ways in which they were teaching condemnation, and, and you start to notice the irony of it all. The religious leaders were using this woman to trap Jesus. Jesus used them to set her free. What are those stones that we're holding on to this morning? And what are the ways in which God is calling us to relinquish them, to drop them, to let go, to give up control? To say, God, I give up this unforgiveness. God, I give up this control that I desperately have. I want to relinquish that to you. That just as Lord, you set that woman free, you want to set me free and you want to set us free. So, what are those stones that we're holding on to? And how is God calling us to drop them this morning? Will you pray with me? Lord, what are those stones that we are holding on to, ready to hurl at others? Maybe, Lord, we're carrying around a stone of bitterness, maybe anger, resentment, maybe putting our faith in the wrong things, trying to satisfy our desires by things of this world, or or maybe we're living a life of seemingly self-reliance. But as we grip the stone, Lord, notice, allow us to notice that our fist is closed. Unable to receive the true blessings and the challenges that you have for us. Lord, allow us to release the burdens that we're carrying, those stones that we're holding on to. For it represents something, Lord, that we haven't freely given up to you. And Lord, in the stillness and sti- silence, I'm going to invite everyone to stand. So let's all stand together. And as you feel led to drop your stone. Just drop your stone as you feel led.